The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Did not expect that picture, but now you can put two and two together. Um, so like Adam said, my name is Rachel. I'm the class of 2010 um, business and Bible major, and I started with Campbell. And I wanted to provide a fun fact. Campbell Soup Company actually doesn't just sell soup. That's actually not the biggest item in our portfolio. Um, if you know like V8 juices, Prego Italian sauce, paste, salsa, or um, pepper shrine cookies, you guys love Milano's, that's actually all Campbell. And then recently Campbell's also bought Snyder Lance, which includes um, Emerald Nuts, Pop Secret, Popcorn, Cape Cod Chips. Yeah, so for anyone who's a business major, anyone trying to go into the CPG industry, just want to say FYI, what you think you're going into is may not be what it is. You're like, I'm joining a cookie company and then realize actually I'm selling salad dressing because like five companies will own the entire supermarket. So fun fact for you about business, but um, everything else I'm going to talk about is really not related to that. It's been um, almost 10 years now. Yeah, since I graduated, it's been a really crazy, it's been um, a fun journey, and it's always been go, go, go from day one. So I was really thankful for the opportunity that I was given to where maybe I was forced um, to maybe sit down, take some time, and reflect on what my life looks like now after graduation. And it is something that I've you know talked about with other alumni friends from Cairn, and you know, we always talk about like, what does our life, like, life look like now? Is it where we thought it was going to be or is it not? You know, what are some things that surprised us when we entered into the real world? And I think there were some common themes, maybe two of the biggest misconceptions that we had to embrace is one being this whole question of, is the world outside of Cairn, you know, outside these walls, is it really a different world? Because You've probably heard that reference, right? Like the Cairn or PBU bubble, um, Christian bubble, or like the candy coated version is uh, like small knit Christian community, right? So it's that versus the rest of the world. And it's kind of like, why do we need to make that differentiation? And I think when we were students, we recognize that obviously Christians and non-Christians have to be different, but I don't know if at that time I fully grasped the implications of that. So is the world outside of these Cairn walls really a different world? Absolutely. But the difference is in the details, and if you're not paying attention, you won't notice them. And then the second thing was, are Christians and our biblical education being opposed by the world? Because during your time here, you start to prep and you start to learn how to describe what a biblical education is to the rest of the world. And for me, prepping for interviews, prepping to go out into corporate America, I kind of got into this like defensive spirit of like, why do I have to explain myself? Like, why do I have to earn the credit that you should give me for this education? And I think as time passed, what I found out was that I'm not, I wasn't defending myself, I was trying to translate what Christian education meant. So are we Christians and thus our biblical education being opposed by the world? I don't think so. I don't, I really don't. But I do think there's an expectation for us to be different. So knowing all of that, knowing what I know now that I didn't then, you know, what would be the advice I would share to you? And that would simply be to pray more and know God better. Because we just, 
we can never spend enough time with God. Um, so spoiler alert, that was like in two minutes in a nutshell of what I'm going to talk about, but they gave me like 25 more minutes to talk, so I'm going to elaborate on those points. Um, I want you guys right now to think about your daily schedule, or maybe your weekly schedule, if like Monday through Friday kind of looks pretty similar to each other, but think about your schedule from the moment you wake up, um, you go to class, came to chapel, you're going to go to lunch, if you're an athlete or a music major, maybe you have practice, there's a game. Right? Just kind of run through that really quick. And then consciously identify all the times in that schedule where there was prayer. Like in chapel today, it's not even an hour long session. We've already prayed twice. I'll make sure to pray for you guys afterwards. But count that in your head, right? The point that I'm trying to make is that no matter how busy your day or your week got, Prayer was already incorporated into your schedule for you. And lots of times, you didn't even have to plan for it. So now hold on to that thought. And except for the moments when you actively scheduled prayer, think about all these other sessions being gone. And that's a glimpse of what your life looks like after graduation, right? You're like, I won't have class, I won't have chapel. Yeah, but you won't have any everything else that happens during those things, periods as well. And so, you have to ask yourself, if you when you're comparing your life now to what I just said it might look like after graduation, do you think you would have noticed that change? And the answer to that question is the same answer to how intentional is your prayer life now? Because I think it's really easy when you're so immersed in this culture where prayer is so readily and openly available to you that you start to take it for granted or you have a community of Christians who understand the power of prayer, that we allow ourselves to substitute that for the action we should actually be taking instead. So let's say you have like a really big problem, you're stressed about an issue, and you know, you're like, well, you know, I prayed about it. Like God knows I'm stressing about it, God knows how I want it to turn out, so we're good to go, right? But that's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't confessing our sins and making our needs known to God. He already knows those details, right? That's you being able to recite that to him. But within that same session, within that same prayer session, what's also needed is for us to be quiet, to be silent, so that we know what God is saying about our prayer. We know we understand the direction that he's given, and then you are taking an action to apply that. Um, and another reason I want to emphasize the fact that, hey, we get it. We get what it means and the impact of when you say I prayed about it. I get what that means. But the problem is when you take that statement outside of these walls, when you go out into the real world, when you say I prayed about it, people translate to, oh, she thought about it, right? Because if you, they don't know how to pray. They don't know what prayer is. They don't have a God that they can speak to. So for them, when I'm like, I really prayed about it. For me, I meant, hey, I was stressed about it, it was hard upon my heart, I sent it to God and I'm trusting that he can help me take care of it. But they're just like, oh, she spent a lot of time in her head talking to someone about it, right? And so you can't use that statement, You're good. you can't go to work and your boss is like, hey, what's the decision that you want to make about this $100 million investment? You can't be like, well, I prayed about it, so don't worry, it's all good. Um, and so your responsibility is 
not to show how you use prayer. Your responsibility is to show the world the results of your prayer. Because trusting God and having assurance in his sovereignty, praying, those are not functions or language that's commonly used in the world. So it's like um, if you were to take a trip to a foreign country, right? So think foreign country, meaning English isn't even a second language that they speak. The success and ease of how well you maneuver through that culture, how you can reach the people there and relate to them is all dependent on the preparations you make beforehand, right? Did you learn at least enough vocabulary to ask where the bathroom is and then enough to know if they answer you where it is, like you'll know what that means, right? Like, did you make those types of preparations? And so when I say beforehand, for me, that would have been my time at Karen. For you, that's like literally right now. When I went from full-time student of Philadelphia Biblical or Karen University to full-time employee of corporate America, that was a 24-hour transition, right? Like I wasn't like, oh, I graduated. Let me take a couple months to think about what I learned and how I want to apply that to the world. No, it was your student, two hours of graduation. Now you, she should be a positively contributing member of society. And so the reason that you are constantly being encouraged to get beyond these walls. The reason that they keep telling you, hey, you've got to know what it feels like to be out there, which, by the way, I'm also very, very strongly encouraging you to do that as well. You know, field work and internships, all of that stuff. The reason why it's so important is because you need to understand how that feels for yourself. And you need to recognize when you're put in that sort of situation, what it's going to require of you personally. Because in life, you don't know the types of people that you'll meet. You don't know what types of circumstances and scenarios you're going to fall into. And so if you're only getting a textbook or a case study version or someone else's version of what that looks like, it's going to be that much harder for you to apply yourself and your learning in person. And so you have to think about what you have to do, right? You're like, well, they told me I have to do this. Well, why? Why, why is that? How do you identify with that? Because being here at Cairn, there's certain, there's certain assumptions that you can build your judgments on. Um, everyone that you know right now under the name of Cairn, so your roommates, the friends that you're sitting next to right now in chapel, um, your professors, the faculty and staff who keep this place going, one big assumption that you can make about them is that we know where we're all going to spend eternity. And that's a huge relief. And so as you're thinking about your education and going out to the real world, you've you got to keep asking yourself, am I ready to enter into a world where the moment after graduation, every single person that I meet, I have no certainty of where they're going to spend eternity? That's a huge burden, right? That's a huge responsibility that we have to share. And so this question of, is the world outside of Cairn really a different world? Yeah, it is. Because you're encountering people who have no idea that they're lost. They have no idea. Life is fine. Like you're not bringing anything to them that they think is missing. They don't know what truth is, but as life gets harder, and it will get 
harder for everyone. The struggle is real. That's why you see adults saying it all the time. That's why you start to drink one more cup of coffee every year. Like that's just, it's just true. But it's true for everyone across the board, if that makes you feel better. Um, but for those who don't believe in Jesus Christ and they start living their lives and face obstacles and challenges, they have to get through that by themselves, right? And then they'll turn and see us going through the exact same turmoil, and yet we're content. We have peace. We have a certainty. We have a confidence in something greater. And so as non-believers observe our lives, no matter at what phase it's in, they should see something different. And when they notice something different, that's when the st questions start, right? When I mentioned about prepping ourselves to be able to explain our biblical education to a world where it's a foreign concept, we're not, it's not because we're bracing ourselves to be mocked, right? We're, we live in a free country, guys. Most of us, if you're staying here in the US, we're not being, going out there to be persecuted. That's, that's just the fact. So you don't have to worry about that. It's, we don't have to be defensive in our reply because the thing is, it's just that they don't understand why. They don't get it, right? It's like, why did you choose to go to a Christian college? Like, why did you need to study the Bible with your professional studies? Why do you need to pray? Why does it matter, right? And, and, and why does that differentiate you? And so this non-understanding, this curiosity that they have, I think is rooted in the fact that for some people, the only exposure that they're gonna have to God, or maybe the first exposure that they're gonna have to have of God, to God, and the Bible is what they see in your daily life. And so instead of asking, right, there's a lot of current events going on. Instead of asking, hey, what does the Bible say about that? What they're going to do is they're just going to silently observe how you respond to that in biblical living. And you need to think about what are the implications of that? As a Christian, as a student, as someone preparing to go out into the world, what are the implications of that? If people could only know our God, his character, his nature, his power, everything that we find awesome about him, if they, the only thing that they could know about him was is through your daily life, what would they think about our God? When we are questioned about the God we serve and live for, it's not an opposition of our faith, but a recognition of it. And I, I understand that sometimes the questions that we get don't come in the most polite manner, right? It might not come well-packaged and well-scripted, but read between the lines of that. Their eyes are being opened, and that's really important. And that's why you need to fully grasp how well you think you will apply your learning in life, right? That's all connected because we can quote 1 Corinthians 13 all we want. I, I know every one of you guys know how to quote it. We did it from Sunday school. Love is patient, love is kind. But do you know how to demonstrate that? Because the love that we're called to share from the Bible is not always warm and fuzzy. I guarantee you, it's not puppies, it's not unicorns, right? It's some real stuff. And the love that we're called to share is something where we have to fight every being of our human nature. 
It's about learning to oppose resentment and bitterness and rooting for other people's success, knowing fully well that they're rooting for you to fail. And it's about forgiving the unforgivable. It's about accepting apologies that you're never gonna get. And most importantly, it's about loving those people who are out to get you to overlook everything else and genuinely care about where they're going to spend eternity. The definition of love, right? After all those nice little characteristics and saying love never ends. That means that the need for love also never ends. It's always gonna be a calling that we have. And I guarantee you that's very, very true because your life is going to be an endless cycle of circumstances calling to test our love. And it's tiring, it's upsetting, it's extremely frustrating because, let's be real, it's so much easier to just get angry. And it's so refreshing to be able to vent. And the rest of the world will tell you, it's okay, you're justified, you should be upset. But we're not called to be a part of the world. We're not called to entertain them or to join them. We are called to be an example. And in my career, you know, what I've experienced thus far, I've had people take credit for work that I worked my butt off for. I've had people talk behind my back to sabotage my career. And I have people that I know are standing by to watch me fall. But the thing is, none of, that, none of that actually had anything to do with me being a Christian. I wasn't, I wasn't being targeted by them. They didn't pick me out because I, I was a Christian. The reality is that I work with, and I will always be working alongside people who have a different standard of what morals and ethics looks like. They have a different, they have a different standard. They have a different way of getting themselves through life. And so even though none of those circumstances had anything to do with me being a Christian, right? I, I didn't bring that upon myself that happened to me. Not, not, again, nothing to do with me being a Christian. But the way I chose to deal with those situations and the way I will choose in the future to resolve those issues has everything to do with me being a Christian. And so are Christians and our biblical education being opposed by the world? No, but it's difficult because the moment we step out into the world, the moment someone recognizes that we are a follower of Christ and they recognize that our lives look different from them, what they're going to do is they're going to just quietly put us on this pedestal. You know, we're going to be on top of this platform and we're going to be dared to show them what the God that we boast of can do. And so when you learn and you're constantly being told, be ready, be alert, know what's coming, that's what they mean. And so after all of that, that's why the advice that I wanted to share with you was to pray more and know God better. Because you would think being at a Christian university, at a biblical university, that comes first and foremost. But we all know what real life looks like. We all know how busy things can get. But I guarantee you, for any believer, the most fulfilling thing for us is spending time with God. And the biggest truth is that there will never be, no matter how hard you try, 
enough time to spend with God the way we should. There's always something else that's going to need to get done. You know, you're, you're like, I made the best effort, but I need to get this done. And, cre- and busyness is going to be one of the biggest excuses that we claim as Christians for why we disobey God, for why we don't spend time with him. And the practical matters will always be there, and they're always going to look more pressing, right? Like, emotionally, you're going to be like, but I need to do that first. But just to let you know, if you take your eyes off God, that's when you're going to be more distracted. Like, things that didn't bother you before, things that you weren't stressing about before, the moment you take your eyes off God, you're like, why am I all of a sudden worrying about these things? And it's because you took your eyes off God, you put it on yourself, and you're trying to get through life by yourself when we don't need to, when we have him by our side. So I'm encouraging you to choose to choose, because that's one thing you can control. Choose to spend time with God, prioritize it. Give him the best of your time. Not like the leftover minutes that you have between classes, or the leftover minutes when you have a moment of silence because there's nothing on TV or you don't have your phone with you. But I mean, I'm sure everyone has this. Mine is like 3.30 p.m. California time, but like there's a moment in the day when you're like the most alert. When you're like, I really feel like those three cups of coffee is kicking in now, right? You're like, I got this. Like, those are the moments that you need to be saving for God. And I I mean that, right? Like, recognize that about yourself. You're like, if you're like, I think I'm going to try to wake up at six and give God my time then, because I read in the Wall Street Journal, that's the best time, and you are not a morning person, be real with yourself, right? Like, you owe God a lot more than that. So give him the best of your time, and make sure you are constantly studying the words. Just because it's a requirement for class, again, another one of those dangers of why you can start taking that for granted. Don't forget that we hold the only message that can transform this world. It's something that we have, it's a responsibility that we have, and God has an individual plan for each and every one of us. And so you need to remember how special you are. You are so special that God has chosen you. He has created a unique plan that only you can fulfill for his glory. There's no one else who can do it. And that's huge. When you're in this community of Christians and you're like, well, you know, we like our similarities and We like that we're learning the same things, but remember that you too, just as an individual, are special, and God wants to use that. And so I hope that as you start to see the need in this world for more, for more biblically-minded, professionally competent men and women of character, and as you feel the love of God and you are in awe of his awesomeness, use those things as your motivation to get you through your education, to get you through life, and hold that feeling so that you can go forth into the world with a vigor and passion that's unmatched by anyone else in the world. And so, all that said, as an alum, as someone who's been out for about 10 years, which I guarantee you is not as long as you think it is right now, um, I am wishing you the best of luck I have the highest hopes for you. 
Um, and as I mentioned earlier, since I think prayer is one of the important th most important things you can take advantage of, I'm going to pray for us right now, um, and then I think we can all be dismissed. So let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every single student of Cairn. Thank you that you have called them here to be trained to serve you and to spread truth, Lord. Um, I pray for your guidance, continued guidance over their lives, not just here, but as they go forth into the world. And if they encounter moments of fear or anxiety, Lord, I pray that you will remind them of how much you love them and that you will give them the confidence to be able to fully dedicate their lives to your obedience. I thank you for the grace that you have and the love that you have for us and this world. And I pray that we will live in a manner in which we can return such love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good day, guys. Learn something.